back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Joey, and I'm here with Tom. Hi, Joey. And Mike. Hey. And Ross. Hi, Joey. Uh, just before we jump in, uh, yet another plug for the fact that we'll be in Washington, D.C. on November 14th at 8.15 in the morning doing a, a three-hour session that we're super excited for just around Teaching with the Body and Mind. So anyone who is going to be at the National Conference, please join us on Sunday morning. We look forward to that. So today, um, what I wanted, I've been reading a book. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm reading a book. It's called The Whole Brain Child, and it's, it's written by uh, Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. And like I said, I've just sort of begun the book, but a couple things have been jumping out at me as I go and thought would be relevant to our, our conversations here. And one of the things they're, they're talking, they talk a lot about is kind of, you know, lower brain, upper brain. I don't know if that's the words that they use, but that how your body is kind of, you know, your, your sort of kind of reptile mind is, is a little bit more guided by what's happening in your body. And then cortex thinking is your kind of logic. One thing that they're touching on is that when, when you're kind of losing it, um, you're in a big emotional state about your child is about what they don't want to put on their coat or they're scared of something or whatever the thing might be, uh, that one way to avoid having a full-blown kind of losing it episode, as in losing your mind, the phrase, is uh, to move your body. Uh, so they, they even quote their own like little league instructor or something like that saying, move it or lose it. And I was thinking that that was a really interesting thing in relation to the stuff that we talk about uh, as far as you know, how, how the body and the mind work, uh, work together are the same thing, however we want to think about that. Uh, so I was try- I was thinking it'd be interesting to talk about examples where we've seen that come into play in our in our work with children. Uh, the example that I thought of was uh, children, I, I think of it, a couple of kids over the years who come into school and they're, they're clearly anxious and they're kind of frozen. They're in that, that kind of fear frozen state. Again, their body's kind of shutting down. They're, they're barely moving. They're barely talking. And you can kind of see that rigidity, being anxious, being at school for whatever the reason might be. And that an inclination might be to start in with your talking and your verbal and you're going to the kind of top mind, the prefrontal cortex, like, well, what's wrong? Why don't you want to be here? You really like school. Do you want to do this? Oh, sometimes you like to do this. Well, here, and you're just, you're just talking at them and you're trying, you're, yeah. you're intending to get them started with their day, but, but you're requiring them to think, do I want to play blocks? Do I want to paint? Do, and they're, they're not in a thinking mode. They're in a, in a feeling mode versus if you take this idea of, you know, move it or lose it. Okay. Before they go into full blown panic, just let's walk over the Play-Doh table, for example, sit down they're probably going to come with you because that you know they're feeling comfortable they you're there you're helping them get grounded mm-hmm. i sit down use play-doh i just kind of put a ball of play-doh in front of them maybe even closer closer to their hand whatever it might be and now we're doing something and the, the moving it part is happening and the and the kid can kind of start to relax that body fear state is is going to reduce a little bit by the fact that they're doing something with their body so and so that that has intrigued me and i was wondering mm-hmm. if you guys have experiences from from your work with kids that that if, if this resonates with you guys as well my example isn't too far from yours actually but uh i think it it kind of gets at the same point so one time back when i taught i had a classroom with 10 kids and one teacher yep. so it was always that weird one thing when was i wasn't you. there and the one teacher was me <laughs> but so i was going to be gone in the morning and so there's a sub who's great with kids, whatever. But, you know, I came in and it was total chaos. You know, kids are just running around, screaming, you know, like whatever. And uh, even I thought it was chaotic. We'll say it that way. <laughs> I was wondering if, if, if other people thought your room was chaotic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, yeah. <laughs> well, this, I, I will say, I didn't see engagement necessarily. I okay. saw kids going yeah. from one thing to another. It was disorganized. Pinball machine. In the room. Yeah, yeah. And so I looked and thought, 
you know, one way to approach this would, it would be to say, hey, let's all sit down together and talk about this. Um, but what I did instead was I got out the trays with clay and I just sat down and started using the clay. One, that helped me calm down, uh-huh. yep. right? Because I walk in, like, you know, when you haven't been in a classroom, you come in, like, yeah. I forgot what I came from, but it was like meeting at the yeah. bank or something where yeah. it was this very adult yeah. thing, you know, no one was running around at the bank. And <laughs> and I come in and it's just noisy and everyone's running around. So I just sat down and I'm using the clay. And then this one kid stops running, comes over, starts using clay. And I think two more kids came over and they all just kind of used that. And they were the ones that were bouncing off the walls. But then what it also did, I think, is it, added more space because then a few other kids like sat under the loft and started playing and they still were chasing but it was part of the under the loft was the hideout it all of a sudden the whole room calmed down from it and i think it was that thing of they were just like i don't know where the limit is and they're going around and all of a sudden they physically a few of the kids started doing the physical thing but Mm -hmm. it changed the Mm-hmm. the feeling of the whole room. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like it was, it was even, not that there wasn't even a limit necessarily, but there wasn't a structure and that some of them were like, we need something, we don't have anything, and they're right. just going. And then finally, your addition was, oh, we could do this. You know, they kind right. of gave them a little bit more of a, rather than, do I want to do this or this or this mm-hmm. or this? Right. Or we don't really have a game or the, we're just playing this chase and the chase only just goes right. back and forth from the front mm-hmm. to the back of the classroom rather than having more of a developed story right. or something where there's a hideout characters. And so your your yeah. your presence coming in, being able to read it and going, okay, rather than going up, I need to go down. Yeah. And I think like your example, Joey, was a kid who was sad. Yeah. And my example is kids who I think f- at least some of them felt out of control or mm-hmm. whatever that feeling yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so it's like a different thing in what I was addressing, but still I think it was an emotional mm-hmm. thing. I'm thinking of the, of the uh, moments when, at least in my work, kids are getting dressed to go outside mm-hmm. and can be very frustrating uh, for mm-hmm. them. Sometimes they just for various reasons don't want to. Maybe it's the middle of February and they're done with snow pants or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And you're kind of in, a, you know, some type of a or power November and for better or for worse. just seeing snow pants for the first yeah. and, uh, time you know, you're, year. And you're like, I'm months. just here with just you. Everybody else is outside. They're, you know, they need my help. And you're just feeling very, they're feeling frustrated and you're feeling frustrated or I'm feeling frustrated to put it on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, where maybe I just want to, you know, um, and I might just, if knowing the child, I might just go and tickle them instead. You know, that frustration for both of us can be dissipated by that physical interaction um, that kind of just breaks our standoff. You know, think about that mm-hmm. experience as well. So I, I, I was having a hard time thinking of something, but then, because you're talking about two different things. You're talking about a child entering the room. You're talking about kids who already know the room. So I'm going to go back to... The, yeah, to, and to it what can, you, in any state, this sure, could happen, sure. yeah. I'll go back to uh, an instance where um, a kid doesn't know the room and they're going to come in. Um, I I remember doing and actually telling other teachers, you know what you do? Take a couple dinosaurs and just sit next, not even bringing them further into the room and don't even play with them, but you play with the dinosaur. And then then maybe just kind of hand one over in front of them and that kind of giving them a transition Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 an easy transition into the room rather than coming all the mm-hmm. way into this <laughs> could be a chaotic room or yeah. or, 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 or even or not unfamiliar space right mm-hmm. so let's just start small here. Mm-hmm. Is that is that uh, is that kind of what you're thinking yeah oh. yeah I, I mean yeah I, I think the conversation can take any turn 
it it does. I mean, I, I framed it with a kid who was nervous. I was, I was intrigued by the the using your body as a way to that frees yourself from the yeah. emotional state. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that sort of. And I don't care if the conversation goes there or not. But that's what sort of intrigued me. Just that like I'm either going to lose my mind, you know, and scream and hit or whatever the case may be. Or have this other outlet, you know, getting a drink of water, okay, having okay. a cracker, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, so I, and I don't, it, the conversation could take any turn. Yeah, this is reminding me, I saw a child who has since been diagnosed with autism. First day at a classroom, sitting down in the hallway outside the classroom where the mom is trying to, or no, it's the dad, trying to, you know, like, okay, it's time to go in. And the child was starting to tantrum in that, you know, way. And the teacher was at the doorway. And seeing the teacher freaked him out more. She went around the corner, but then took a car and pushed the car out into the hallway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the kid looked down. And the kid loves the movie Cars. You can listen to a few, uh, past episode <laughs> for more on Cars. But And I think it was from the, the show, even. And the kid just looked at the car. And the dad just said something about that. And then, like, oh, try pushing it back. Yeah. Pushed it back yeah. into the hallway, or into the classroom. All of a sudden, the car comes back into the hallway. And then I had to leave for a bit. I come back. The child and that teacher are sitting on the floor all the way in the, like inside the room, but away from the other kids, but with the puzzle. And their heads are almost touching. They're like talking so quietly they can barely hear. But it was, but there's something about that physical pushing the car, mm-hmm. you know, well, that thinking, she didn't talk to him at all yeah, verbally. Right. Mm-hmm. So, just so kind of got him to calm down and focus on this. Well, as we're talking, I'm wondering if we want to just, it feels like we're just naturally shifting the conversation to um, how a, a physical invitation, initiation with a child is, is often going to be more successful or, than a verbal initiation. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea of, of kind of, I'll say, talking to the body instead of talking to the right. to the mind or talking. Um, uh, we're over, we're often overlooking the opportunities with so physical So in the book it was talking about getting the child to move, but we're all we're kind of saying well the teacher also moved. Like yeah. the it's a dialogue and movement yeah. not yeah. verbal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like the I like Well, and I was thinking of two children that came to mind who were kind of the exact opposite in terms of how they responded and how they entered the space. And one was a child who came in every day at 11 like he was already turned up ready oh, to go excited 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock no like up to 11 on the dial of <laughs> that goes to 10 uh, that yeah. goes to 10 for all you spinal tap fans out there but um he was ready to go every day and you could tell if he was excited and like i'm curious and want to do or if it's excited and i'm not sure how i'm going to handle this also with the family who's just like here you go good luck he's yours now you know we have we'd have some of those mornings and when he would get upset his response would could be very physical so rather than trying to talk him through you you know when you do this you're physical and, and destructive physical destructive physical it could be you know whether a, a person or somebody's something yeah. they're working on yeah. because he was feeling big feelings yeah. and rather than trying to talk him through it and say this is when you do this this hurts you know we could not be there right now we thankfully had the ratio where we could we figured out a strategy was to either leave so we would leave and go for a walk or we could do chores around the school so thankfully we had that kind of ratio where we could step out, one teacher could go, let him decompress and de-escalate, and then we could have a conversation with that. And he was often very remorseful or reflective of, oh, yeah, I just, I was so mad when they did this. So what should we do next time? Rather than trying to have that conversation right away. Right, right. Because he, his well, body yeah, was not going to allow. When anybody's flooded with those right. body sensations of emotion, 
you're not going to have a logical conversation. Right. right. And it, I always tell adults, like, so if you're feeling really upset, like even about like a driver who cut you off and your spouse is in the car and they say, oh, it's no big deal. Does that calm you down? Or right. is that like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I think there's that feeling. So again, it's that dialogue and movement. It's the, we need to go do something else physical mm-hmm. so you can come back to really understanding and mm-hmm. feeling and identifying your feelings. Cause I can't tell you what it looks like. You feel like this, but maybe you don't, you'll tell me what it is. Once we've had that time right. to move. And I've definitely so done many people start too. with, yeah. tell me how you're like the kid is, you know, throwing blocks. Right. Oh, tell me how you're feeling. Right. Not the time later you can right. reflect. Right. Uh, when, and what, I think it's okay to do it. Like you seem mad. Yep. Right. And that like, I think it's okay to, Give a label to it because some kids, when they hear it, it will calm them. Yeah, down a bit. I right. mean, depending I how bad. But then giving them a f- like the physical dialogue right. is is necessary. Right. You're not going to do anything else. And it's and it's knowing it's knowing that child because I think the examples that have been given already, as well as the child I'm thinking about, was someone who didn't speak in my class for the first few months of school at home. Just mm-hmm. a chatterbox would tell all the days, events, and the songs that were sung and everything. But coming into the room. The body language was very reserved and quiet and also, you know, but, and there's that wonder like, oh, is there something we need to be concerned about? And kind of like you were saying, Tom, it was like, rather than going up or jogging, you're just like, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to come to you? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And just inundating this child with tons of conversation. It was just, hey, good morning. I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'll be over at the table if you want to come over, you know, or maybe I'll find you later today. Just that check-in so they know. Uh-huh. I see them. When you come in. But I'm not going to force you to do more. And then it was at the watching a, a rotting pumpkin in the tank and trying to draw it. And I had clipboards and crayons over there. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to draw this pumpkin. You know, and then there's decaying and all kind of orange and green. I'm going to make it my, the, I see that purple pumpkin. And I'm going to make this pumpkin purple because pumpkins aren't purple. They're supposed to be orange. And, and that was it. Then we knew, I knew humor would work. That was our, our, our comfort breaker. Right. But also... I, he had the time needed to finally yeah. say, I'm ready to mm-hmm. kind of come in and do this rather than it. And we grew. And then he continued to grow and had these amazing friendships and conversations over the next two years that we were in class yeah. together. But if if I'm already giving you this, duh, 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 school doesn't feel like a good place. I don't trust this place. I'm not going to be... I'm not being seen for who I am. Yeah, so trying right. to really, again, honoring what it is. And through... I can't, when I'm having these big feelings, the top part of my brain isn't really working. My prefrontal, right. it's not like, don't, don't think you're doing much work there when, when I'm kind of down in lizard brain. Right. I'm well, not. Mike, Mike mentioned riding in the car. It's true for adults too. Uh-huh. If yeah. we get frustrated, yes. maybe the best thing to do is just to get up and do something else for a little while yes. and then mm-hmm. take a walk or right. yep. or and do the dishes or do even something in the physical. car. If I'm stuck in the car, I will put on right. a song that I can sing right. along to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, All humans have this experience, but I think as as teachers and educators, sometimes we we forget this. Aspect so that so we I, I, I write a blog every week mm-hmm. and I always get stuck. I always get stuck because I don't consider myself a writer. And... When I get stuck, I have to get up and do something else. That's exactly it, Tom. <laughs> and exactly it doesn't matter it. if you're a writer or not, <laughs> because when I was writing any of my books, w- when I get stuck, I would go for a walk. Yep. And then I come back, like, oh, I know what I'm. Yeah. Or, you know, a- on right. the walk, and I'd purposely, okay, I can't think about it. I'm just going to go for the walk. <laughs> right. And then halfway through, I'd, at some point, I get to this, like, oh, I know. 
I gotta get yeah. back. Right. Whereas if somebody had found you, like, well, let's talk about why are you stuck? Where are you? What part are you stuck? And if somebody just tried to stay there with you and right. kind of force you through it, it wouldn't really help that much. And I think we do that to kids. It's not mm -hmm. to say you don't circle. It would circle. get even more frustrating. Yeah, and it's I not agree. to say you don't I circle don't back, like like what? Ross was talking about with exactly. that one guy. Like, oh. You know, now we've calmed down. Whew, you were throwing blocks. You yeah. know, that's not okay. What are we going to do? Da, da, da. You know, then you can have that right. that conversation. Right. So it's kind of timing and, and reading those things. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, thank you. I think uh, sort of a circuitous path, but I'm sort of fascinated by the way that the emotions part of the body affect the thinking part of the body. Um, so I, thanks for taking that verbal tour with me of, of the body and the mind. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Joy. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.